the more that any business owner, even like you or me, has the opportunity to help bring in an intern or give a young adult a chance, even a conversation to help tell them what you do and how you got there. I think we just need to do a little bit more of that. They need us so badly. And sometimes they're afraid. And yes, maybe they may not always write a appropriate note or they always are, may not always be great at follow-up, but they do need guidance from people who have been there and done that. You're listening to the Engineer of Finance podcast with Ken Green. Please stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear boring yet important disclosures. Thank you. Hi, this is Ken Green, the host of the Engineer of Finance podcast, and I'm excited to have a guest, Beth Hendler-Grunt, as a guest on this podcast today. She's the founder and president of Next Great Step. The firm's sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to help them to land the job they deserve. Thank you, Beth, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And you have quite the bio, and I'm going to add a few other things. I think this is, obviously, you fill a huge gap. You get you go to college, get the higher education, and it's now what? <laughs> now what? Now you also are author, Amazon number one bestseller, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. Very nice. I'm sure parents are grateful for that, Beth. Yeah, it's been well-received. I'm happy to provide something that I definitely feel it was a missing uh, gap in the market. And obviously, you're pretty popular. You've been featured in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Sirius XM Radio, Kiplinger, CNN, Fortune. And, and you come on this podcast. Thank you. Thank My you. My pleasure. Let's talk about what your house is great. We all get higher forms of education in different ways that serve me real well. Get my engineering degrees. And then coming out of school, being able to apply that. Start off on the electrical engineering space and then more over time into civil engineering. And so for me personally, it wasn't a struggle, but I see over and over again, a lot of students, they get a phenomenal education and now it's time to go out and get paid to get a phenomenal education. And there's a a big gap. And I really like that phrase. I always like saying to clients, let's take the next step. Let's take the next step. And I like the title of the book, The Next Great Step. So what is it that you're doing to help students land? And you have, you're showing here a conversion ratio. 90% of your clients land the job of their choice. That Those are incredible numbers. So what are you doing to help parents and their kids take that next step going from paying for an incredible education to now they're being paid to get an incredible education? I just wave my magic wand and it just happens <laughs> as everyone would wish. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. And I don't guarantee employment. I don't think that's a fair thing. When I started this business, I realized that there was this disconnect in the market where we spend so much energy and effort sending our kids to college that we just assume everything will be okay and that they will get a job when they graduate and somehow it'll bring that return on investment. But what we've been seeing and whether obviously the market goes up and down is that it's not as easy as everyone thought. Doesn't matter how great a school you went to, how great your grades are, how well connected your parents might be, or even if you had an inter- it just is not an easy process. So we focus on two things. One is helping young adults figure out what should I actually do with my life? How do I actually take this major and leverage it into a direction? Because sometimes that's not so clear. And then the other piece is once I have some direction, how do I actually go about it in a way 
that I actually get to be the one that's chosen for the job as opposed to the hundreds or thousands others who are applying to the same job. And the approach is really, you need a strategy. It's not something you can just throw spaghetti on the wall and practice doing. You actually need to have a step-by-step structured approach that needs to be very methodical and well thought. And there's a method to it. And we're helping peel back the onion and helping them understand what that takes to, to be the one to get hired. Now, in all the different majors, all the clients or students, clients that you're helping land a job that's what they want, what type of disciplines are you typically dealing with in school? Yeah. So we work with every discipline. So it doesn't matter if you are an art major or engineering or finance or English or marketing or anthropology. We're really can support them all because what we're teaching them is it doesn't matter what you've studied. It's what are the skills that you've learned and acquired during your time at school or working in a part-time job or being part of an organization. What is it that you know how to do that you can bring to an organization. And then let's find those types of companies who can actually leverage the skills that you have to offer. So that's why it doesn't matter the major. It's everybody has something to offer. It's figuring out where do you want to bring it and where does it align? Now, are you helping students? How far out are they from graduating? Or or, they are, or have they already graduated and go, oh, oh my goodness, now what? Or are you helping them in their, their third year? Maybe it's a, a four-year, maybe it's a five-year type curriculum. But are you helping around year three, year four, before graduating, helping them with internships? Or how, how does that work typically? Yes. Of course, I would love to be working with students as early as possible, probably sophomore year, junior year on. But we really support them anywhere from sophomore, junior, senior year to just graduated, first year out, really up to even five years out, sometimes a little bit longer. And because now of COVID and all these gaps and not having this continuous education, academic or internship experience, it really, we see more and more kids who either took a job and it didn't quite work out. Our whole focus is helping them to get the internship and or the first job after they graduate. And sometimes the second job if the first job was not what they thought. Now, are you helping students figure out, you talk about, maybe I'm over-exaggerating the term, not, was it dream job? It's not dream job, but just something they want, right? 90% yeah. of clients land the job, yeah, of their choice. This is the job yeah. we want. Now, are yeah. you helping them define, hey, you're getting an engineering degree or you're getting a history degree, are you helping them define what kind of roles and what kind of value they want to create for their employer? Are you helping them, what's their why? What is it something they're attracted to? Are you going through that kind of process with them? to find out what, where their unique abilities are and where they think they're going to get a lot of joy. Because when you go into a job, you love it, you're getting paid to learn, and every day is a joy, right? Of course, some stresses, stressors all, always. Doesn't but, everybody love their job? Yeah, I joke. Uh, I, was like, I joke. I say my boss is a jerk. He's a psycho. He doesn't pay me anything. It makes me work unreasonable hours. Because you, you work know, for the, yourself. The joys of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, not so the balanced. joys of being an entrepreneur is a whole other area. <laughs> As I know now, because I've done it all. I worked for a company. I worked in a consult. I worked as a consultant, and now as an entrepreneur. So I've had the experience in all three. Our program is very practical. So we do spend some time on why did you pick this? What what about it is exciting to you? Um, what are you hoping to achieve? But we're really also getting to the nuts and bolts of let's just understand what talents you have. 
because I think we could all agree, if you look at anybody's uh, resume or what their job is doing now, many people are not always doing the job that exactly correlated to what they studied in college. Just because you were an anthropology major, you, you could be running a company right now, or you could be in marketing, or I don't know. You could just, There's a lot of things that don't always line up exactly the way it was intended. So what we do is really, as I said, we really focus in on the skills. If I said, I'm like, I, I understand what you studied and I understand what you, let's talk about what, how to do or how, that, how to analyze or that how to, or you're a critical thinker, you can solve a problem, how to research, you can write. And let's talk about the kind of areas that need those types of skills. And where do we want to funnel that? There might be, I think, one of the challenges I think with so many young adults is that so often they don't know what they don't know. They think that everything's very linear. Like I'm studying this or I'm studying, you know, English. I'm going to be an English teacher or a professor. And that those are all the options open to someone who studied English, which of course that's not true. Your ability to write is so valuable in so many different fields. Mm -hmm. And I think what we show them is that if you have a certain skill set, it could be utilized in all kinds of places. And we also encourage them that you can't do this in a bubble. You have to talk to people who maybe had the same major as you or doing something to learn about how they got there or learn about what other skills they had to leverage to get themselves into those roles. And you can't always figure it out. A lot of times they try to figure it out in their head or they think they have it all planned out, but they never spoke to an actual person who's doing the job that they actually want. Like, no, you actually have to speak to a real live person, not even a YouTube video to figure out, is this something that correlates to what I might want to do one day? Are you helping them structure a resume, LinkedIn profile, creating some type of presence, maybe reaching out through? I used to be, I gotta be careful I say this. I used to love, of all the social platforms, I struggle with all of them, except love LinkedIn. And then it changed a little bit too. And it's a little overwhelming for me. So I hide. But are you helping on, but I would say LinkedIn, very powerful tool for connecting and for employment and for looking for different job opportunities and just reading what these different companies put out on the feeds to say, wow, that's, I like that. Oh, I can do that. So are you helping uh, students put together a resume that makes sense, a cover letter that really pops versus the 200, 300 other people might be competing with them for that same position? Yeah. So our program is we are comprehensive. So what we find is that everybody sometimes has a little bit piece, like they might have a little bit of a resume or a little bit of a LinkedIn profile, or maybe they spoke to somebody, but most young adults do not, I, in my opinion, don't understand how the entire process works. So we start with, let's just understand who you are, skills you have to offer, and then what are the kinds of companies you can bring it to? I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. We incorporate it into our program in a significant way and not just about having a great profile. It's how do you find people who went to maybe the same school or the same field that are doing what you're thinking about doing or you want to learn more? It's a phenomenal way to network and we're giving them the framework of what to say and how to have those conversations and how to be curious and how to follow up and how to write the right thank you note. So everything, as well as having the right profile and the resume and mock interviewing, we don't leave any stone unturned because there's so much to know and it keeps changing. And we make sure that they understand every piece of the process to be successful. Now, your book, The Next Great Step, which is conveniently right behind you on camera, <laughs> looks very good. What are kind of the areas that you outline on the book for The Next Great Step? Is that kind of a good starting point for people to learn more about 
what you do for students, what you do and letting parents know what you do for students. Uh, what's what is yeah, what's the book about? Sure. So the book is called The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. And the reason why I wrote this book specifically geared towards parents is that I've spoken with hundreds of parents who are genuinely concerned and worried about their young adult. And many of them either have not looked for a job in 20 plus years, or they try to offer advice to their child, a young adult, and they don't want to listen, or they actually don't really understand how do you match what they used to do with the new technology and, and what's happened now with platforms like LinkedIn and tracking systems and all that. So the book starts off, the first half talks about the challenge from what parents are expecting when their students go to school and what they're hoping will happen when they graduate, what kids are actually feeling and going through this process, and what employer expectations are. Because I think very often not all, all those uh, perspectives are understood. So outlining the problem. And the second half of the book is actually our proprietary, structured, step-by-step -step approach that if you are a parent, guardian, friend, concerned person about a young adult in your life, that you can actually step them through the process or you can hand the book to the young adult that you know and say, here's some really valuable ways to methodically go through it as opposed to throwing spaghetti on the wall and crossing your fingers and hoping you're going to get something after submitting to an online job board. So yeah, so that that is the purpose of the book. I actually give a lot of my tools and techniques away. It's just a matter of can the ability to execute it and will the person in your life listen to it. The beauty of like your book and other books are put out there is that I love getting educated and it educates me enough that I love my handheld and then I call and say, now it's time to hold my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least you can so. come in empowered with uh, more educated questions and, yeah. and to, to expedite and speed up the process. Students graduating or reaching out a couple years prior, are a lot of these students, are they full-time college students that are struggling to find a new job? Or are you also seeing a fair amount that do have careers where they're going to school at the same time? What's that mix like? Or are they just, it's the problem. I don't want to say problem. College was not a utopia for me, getting an electrical engineering degree and minor mechanical and then going back to get civil. I just felt like this is not the best years of my life. It was just intense. It's just nonstop. But it was amazing when I went back to get my civil, I was working engineering full-time at least 50 hours a week. It was amazing how much more I was able to get done at school with a 50-hour-plus job. It was insane. When initially just focused on school, I wasn't completely focused on school. It's like utopia in a way, right? There's just so much flexibility. But I, I'm just curious, uh, student-wise, are you finding the ones that are already working, it's easier for them to transition to a full-time career? Or I'm trying to understand like student-wise, I just feel that, see if I can say this, too many families now are trying to figure out, I do not know how to get my son out of the damn house. He's graduated, he's educated, and just likes, is, hey, you got to get a job. You cannot live with mom and dad or mom or, you can't live here for the rest of your life. You got to go out and go do something. But I'm just curious that there's more of that kind of issue because they weren't working all throughout uh, college or does that make sense? I'm, I'm saying a lot of words, yeah. but I'm just trying to get yeah. an idea of how many are going to school full-time and working part-time or full-time. Are they having less of an issue transition to a full-time career? So I think, let me share what I think what you said and something really important. There's this 
challenge going on with families, in particular their young adults, where it's very hard for them to get off the payroll of their parents. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, the economy and interest rates and how expensive housing is and the cost of education and we're able to do that. And we're finding that even students who are working are having a tough time being able to support themselves. So I think that there's some complexities there. But the students who come to us, candidly, a lot of times their parents come to us first because they're it's normally the parents are like, they keep telling me they're working on it, but I don't see anything happening or I don't hear any interviews from the, uh, the room next door. Or they're just the other real challenge that we have with young adults is mental health. And that up to 40% right now of our young adults are dealing with depression and anxiety. And they're one of the hardest kind of age groups that are having difficulty in launching. And sometimes we get in the habit, even as parents, and I'll speak as one, I have a son who's in college, son who's in grad school. I live this right now, is sometimes we'll be critical or say, I think they're lazy or they didn't really do this. But Sometimes we're not always understanding that there's a bigger issue going on behind the scenes or what's happening in their head. And then you throw in the normal challenges of a job search that tend to be difficult and can be depressing or discouraging. We need to really figure out what's the what's happening and making sure our kids are okay and that their mental health is really cared for. So I think it's just it's a loaded, I know question, and I'm giving a lot of scenarios, but I think the kids who normally come to us, it doesn't matter whether they've worked or not. It's that feeling of, or if, I, if they've worked, they're like, I tried this before and I really didn't like it. Or I took the first job that was offered to me and it really wasn't the right way to go because I'm really not happy. But I felt pressured into it or a family member was there or they haven't yet had the chance to work. And now they're afraid. They're like, I didn't get to have an internship. My school will be class of 2023. They're the COVID class. They were affected by COVID every single year since freshman year, and they just came out of school and they are really struggling because they had less internships, less academic exposure, more mental health issues. And those who are just getting started, they're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I find that it doesn't matter whether you worked or not. I find there's just a lot of, it's just difficult if you're not sure how to navigate it. Here locally, I don't know what it's like for you in New Jersey, but here in the Reno, Tahoe area, talking to doctor's offices, some engineering firms, there's just been this weird struggle over the last years. Hey, we have jobs out there and we can't even get, we'll have applicants, they don't even show up for the interview. They don't even show up and, and we can't fill these positions. And I find that fascinating. I don't know what that's speaking to, but there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of positions out there, which I would say very good companies to to be an employee for, and they won't even they'll just no show the interview. And I don't know if that's a phenomenon that's out here on the West Coast or, or this is experiencing on the East Side as well, which I, I just find fascinating. So it sounds like a lot of ways for people to distinguish themselves is show up to the interview, show up early, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, be accountable, and that might take you right to the top. I couldn't agree more. I think it's funny. I just, there was a, the jobs report that was put out in September. The latest statistic is that there are 9.6 million jobs available right now in the U.S. And there are one and a half people available to take those jobs, meaning that there's plenty of work. 
The challenge is that a couple of things. One, I think sometimes the jobs that are so available are not the jobs that these young adults were planning on taking or not the ones they want or not the ones they think that is correct for them, whether they think they're above it or they don't want to put the effort into it. I'm not sure. Somewhere in the middle. Then you have this piece where parents, and I get it, are saying, oh, you can live at home and I'll make it comfortable for you. So maybe they're not as hungry as they should be because we're trying to you know, support them on one end, but maybe it's actually hindering their ability to be maybe motivated or potentially consider other things on the other end. And I just think they're just afraid. I think they're afraid. I think they are intimidated. They lack confidence. And sometimes the no-show is more fear out of being rejected than I don't need it. I think they need it. They're making sometimes these judgments without actually being informed. There's problems across the board, yes. And then sometimes, I think it was more earlier in the last maybe a year ago or in that middle 2021 when the job market was amazing and people started demanding more money where there would no show. But now they should be showing up. It's very competitive. And I think also people get very discouraged easily. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it's an opportunity, you need to be showing up. I didn't think about the rejection part. I remember when I first got into the financial industry, going from professional engineer recognized as a PE to all of a sudden I'm selling auto insurance <laughs> and never understood what rejection felt like really at that level. And uh, boy, does it hurt. Now, the beauty though, is you get over it real quick and yeah. just not everyone's going to like you. Matter of fact, probably 99% of the world's not going to like you, but the 1% will and, and it's okay. But I didn't even think about why someone might not show just for the fact that they just don't want to be told no, they're not yeah. right fit and how heartbreaking that could be. Yeah. And, and you were mentioning a little bit earlier about the housing piece. Yes. Isn't it amazing? The affordability of homes, there is no affordability index right now. And then we have this new pressure. All this money was printed and handed out and it just went nuts. It went bonkers during that, during that, during COVID. And now we have the pressure of housing. We have inflation. Interest rates are just unbelievable. 8.1% is like the new three. And, and I can see that kind of pressure and my family's everything to me. And I can understand parents wanting to, my little seven-year-old monster, he's got some time, but how do you not want to provide nice shelter and take care of them and still give them that encouragement to go out there and take that next step and take that next step. And maybe we can make it a little bit too easy. Yeah. And, and I'll just share too. So I have a son who's in grad school. And he has friends who are out working. We just did the numbers with him and we were talking, my husband and I speak candidly about how much money you actually need to make to live in the fully independent in New York City or Hoboken, right outside New York City, to 100% be able to pay for your apartment and your car if you have it, or just transportation and food. And it's a lot. Like in this area, in the Northeast, you need to be having a salary of $100,000, $125,000 as a new grad. That doesn't really line up. Maybe the investment banking, but I, what's funny, my son has a friend who's one of the investment banks and he's just like paycheck to paycheck really right now in terms of obviously, I, I don't know how they're living, but it's crazy how much money you need right now to actually live the way you think you should or just want to and base it's and the salaries absolutely do not line up. So of course people are taking out loans or parents are helping or it's, it's nuts. One thing I'm semi-comfortable, what I've seen a lot of engineers graduating, good incomes when they graduate, but not near enough to be a lifestyle that they're used to. 
but what it's been a real effective strategy, roommates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of roommates. Yeah. And I, Beth, is there anything else you'd like to add for this episode? It's been an absolute treat getting to meet you. And I'm so grateful for virtual meetings and be able to communicate and touch base with people across the world. And it's pretty neat that we weren't too far before I grew up in, in Morristown, New Jersey, which is home for you in northern New Jersey. But anything else you'd like to add to, to today's episode? I guess I would just share it if we were talking about who your listeners are, that they're entrepreneurs or business owners or engineers. I would just say the more that any business owner, even like you or me, has the opportunity to help bring in an intern or give a young adult a chance, even a conversation to help tell them what you do and how you got there. I think we just need to do a little bit more of that. They need us so badly and sometimes they're afraid. And yes, maybe they may not always write a appropriate note or they always are, may not always be great at follow-up, but they do need guidance from people who have been there and done that. And that is the non-technical piece, I think, of how we can help more young adults be successful in, in the process. And I teach them to do that as well. It's not all about the keyword and the tracking system and chat GPT. Like you just need to have a good old conversation with someone who has some life experience or in the job you want. And I think more as business owners and entrepreneurs, if we can always seek out those opportunities, I think that's that would just be tremendous. You know, one thing I'll share is when I before I graduated, I think it was like a year and a half, two years prior to graduating, I was like, wow, I'm not too far from getting my electrical engineering degree. I better go find something like. And I went to an ignition company in Carson City. I loved all the engineering that goes behind cars. and But they did not have an internship. But I went in and said, I will work for free. Create a position for me. And they were so like, I just want to be there. I want to learn. I want to create value. I'll soak it up but just create a position for me. You don't have to pay me. And the boss, real strong Sherman, right? The way he spoke, he was so touched by that. They created a position. And then like a day later, they said, you know what? We'll create a position. You come in part-time and, and actually paid me so I could uh, have that kind of internship. And I think a lot of employers out there are craving that kind of, for people to come out and say, hey, we'll create value. We'll find out what you need and we'll go out and we'll create value. And we'll have everything in your show notes, Beth. Your website, what's the best way for everyone to reach out to you? Sure. If you're interested in learning more, if you know a young adult who could use some guidance in landing that first internship or job, go to nextgreatstep.com. And in the upper right, there's a button that says, let's talk. And we would welcome the opportunity to have a complimentary consultation with you. I know there's a few families I'll be sitting down with again that I talked to last month that I will be referencing your book for the for a few single moms out there that want to help their son get out of the house yeah, <laughs> and go create absolutely. value. So a good Beth, holiday gift. Yeah, it's a nice holiday gift. Hey, this is a great book. You, hint, hint, you might want to read it. Okay. Beth, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's late for you back east, but thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I really enjoyed getting to meet you. I wish you continued success with what you're doing, helping people with your book, The Next Great Step, and what you're doing, helping parents help their children get out there and get paid to learn. And yeah, and I wish all the students that reach out to you a lot of success. And yeah, and thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. The content is intended for United States audiences only. Opinions expressed are as of the date of this publication, and such opinions are subject to change. Green Financial and Insurance Services Limited, Green, is not responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other claimed losses resulting from or related to the content presented. Green makes no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Forecasts are not a reliable indicator of future results. Investors should be aware of the risks associated with investing. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of capital. Investors should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile. Consult with a qualified financial advisor as necessary before making any investment decisions. Thank you for listening to the Engineer of Finance podcast with Ken Green. 